The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. Academia in some form, um, all those things are coming up. And so those of us who kind of 
live and work in higher ed, we often don't really know how to turn our brains off and can sometimes forget in the midst of all of our to-do list items, article submissions, proposal deadlines, um, emails, whatever. We get really caught up in that and sometimes we don't take a moment to step back. And so, of course, as the founders of Ebony's and Ivory, um, which is a platform for demystifying the doctoral and postgraduate process, we would be remiss if we weren't honest with you about being able to make sure that you take time. And we've talked about that before on the show, um, but to really practice what we preach. And so that's why we're coming to an end for the season um, with probably, I mean, what could be one of the most important conversations, because I think everything else we've talked about along the way, um, really, you can't do any of that stuff if you're not taking care of you. Um, So that's, our goal, that's our reason for getting to this point, but also to give time to grow the community, get more people involved so that when we come back in the new year, we're better than ever. So I wanted to just talk through, since we're talking about self-care, we're talking about relaxation, um, a few tips, and I wanted it to be directly geared towards us and in our roles for most of us within higher ed, whether that's a student, a staff person, administrator, um, to really talk about, you know, how to deal with um, self-care and avoiding burnout. So for a lot of folks, we're either in the midst of sort of like midterms time or midterms just happen. Um, and so it's it can be stressful. So just being able to really think about um, some tips to Better battle um, burnout is kind of going to be our topic for today. So I found an article on Inside Higher Ed, um, which is one of my favorite websites to find anything that's happening in and throughout higher ed. Um, So I also thought it was interesting just as a clinician that they made room for um, an article like this. And so just really thinking about um, tried and true tips to battle burnout with self-care. So These five tips, I think, are useful. So if you are not driving, make sure you write them down because (laughs) because they're important. And if you are driving, then you listen to us now and then come back and listen to us again and write them down so that. mm -hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry to cut you off. I know, like, we've addressed briefly self-care before, and I know it's something. I always talk about buzzwords that are like hot topics Mm -hmm. in higher ed and just in general. But I think self-care is something that we have to come back and address often um, because I think that the society that we live in, we often talk about, you know, how to find success and how to pursue this and, you know, how to stay motivated. Um, and self-care is needed mm-hmm. to be successful and to be motivated. You have to have those self-care checkpoints um, to make sure that, you know, you're well um, enough to pursue whatever goals um, that you want to pursue. So um, we'll often you know, maybe like do like a self-care checkpoint and, and address this because it really is important, mm-hmm. um, especially along the doctoral, you know, journey. Yeah. Just to make sure, you know, we got the energy to, to, to be successful. So, yeah, for sure. So our first tip is, um, number one is to get enough sleep. So, of course, we know that in grad school, sleep is kind of one of the first things to go out the window. Um, first thing. <laughs> a lot of times, even people use that as like, you know, sort of a way to show like how hard they're working, like how much sleep they didn't get is what they kind of brag about. And yeah, like a badge of honor. 
Yeah. And while it might feel really good to, you know, get a huge section of your dissertation or your proposal done and really get to a great stopping point or finally finish writing that article and get it submitted, um, long-term sleep deprivation is really, really bad for both your... Yeah, for both your cognitive functioning and your physical functioning, like, it's just not good. So, um, a lot of times I think people need to really think about how to both get more sleep, but also better sleep. So, like, so more restful sleep. Um, getting more sleep is just what it sounds like. Go to bed earlier. Um, find a way to get up later. So, finding ways to, you know, set alarms or pre-prep breakfast, pick out your outfit before you wake up. Those are ways to kind of, like, get more sleep um, on either end. So going to bed earlier or not having to get up as early because you have things to do. Ironically, for some of us, um, Dr. Bell knows this from our time of writing, like I'm an early morning person, but because of that, I used to go to bed really early too because I knew that I wanted to wake up and work on something or you know needed to be at work earlier for a program or something like that. And so because of that, I had to make sure then... I had to offer myself the opportunity to at least be rested going into those situations. And most times people aren't willing to do that. So just make sure you're not like, you know, staying up late, watching TV and kind of just doing whatever. Um, Really set your alarm. Make sure that you're being like intentional about getting to bed at a decent hour. Um, I think for the point of getting better sleep, it's really being able to make sure that like, you're not spending a lot of time in bed, but actually not feeling any more rested, you know? So a lot of times people will do things like, um, make sure that they turn the, um, the lighting down or the brightness down on their phone so that your brain starts to recognize earlier, like, Hey, it's time for bed. So that when you're laying in bed, ready to go to sleep, you're not laying there for another hour while your brain figures out that it's nighttime and it's time for bed. And so, um, those sort of things really matter. I know that I have friends who like to go to sleep to the sound of the TV. I can't do that. I don't know how y'all do that. Um, I can't go to sleep without the TV on. Right. There's so um, many people that do face. it. <laughs> I, and lots of people do it. I think it's then making sure, too, that the brightness on the TV then isn't what True. is super, super, so it doesn't look like it's daylight for your brain. So yeah. a lot of people need the noise of the TV more so than the actual, like, brightness. And, like, mm-hmm. me and my husband usually go to bed at different times. So, like, I'll, like, let the TV play until he comes in and then we'll turn it off mm-hmm. when um because i go to sleep early and he just can't do it like he can't do it i go i will go to sleep at 8 30 um <laughs> and i have no shame now um i have no shame in doing so and that's just too early for him he gets off at like five six seven eight mm-hmm. so he's like i just got home i'm not ready to get in the bed okay cool you can stay in there and watch football i'm going to sleep <laughs> um so like that's the compromises. I'll turn it off, um, but I do make sure, try to make sure that the brightness is um, is down. And I know, like, also, um, there's been a lot of conversation about putting up your phone in another room, mm-hmm. or like not not relying on your phone to wake you up as far as alarms are concerned. Like getting an old fashioned alarm clock, which I can't do that mm-hmm. um, just because that that sound annoys me. <laughs> but I see the benefit Same. of. Like making sure your phone is like away or putting your phone on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And so you're not scrolling or you have the timer. Like I know iPhones have the timer where it slowly starts to dim 
mm-hmm. so that your eyes can get adjusted for um for nighttime. So I agree. I mean, you you do get better sleep when when light is not like infiltrating, you know, your sleep or you getting ready to go to bed. Yeah, and I think it's just about planning. Like we're not telling you throw your iPhones out the window. We're just saying be more intentional of saying like, okay, if I know I want to be in bed by eleven, then at ten you need to start that process of like you know, taking a warm shower or turning down the brightness on that TV or that screen, um, just really starting to set sort of the mood for sleep so that your brain and your body know that it's time to do that. So that when you actually do climb into that bed and slide between the sheets, it feels like, you know, heaven. It feels like you're actually moving into what um, you intend to do and go straight to sleep versus, you know, being up and kind of like wrestling throughout the night. So... I also want to comment on what you said about, you know, certain times during like the doctor's process or the writing process, um, you know, using not having sleep is like a badge of honor. Like I know once, um, and I paid for it. My my chair told me, and I'm pretty sure I told y'all this story before, she told me my deadline um, for my last chapter. So, you know, I'm like, okay, I got time. I got two weeks, you know, I'm going to wrap this up. And then like she texts me like, oh. I know I told you two weeks, but I really needed like in two days, basically. And I was like, "What? Like you? <laughs> what do you mean? Like you needed in two days?" So I wrote all the first day, basically, and like the second day, I still wasn't finished. It was like twenty five pages. So I had to pull all night, uh, an all night like writing session, and I did it. And I stayed up for 24 hours. And when I tell you it took me like two weeks to bounce back from that, legitimately, it was it was so hard on my body um, to be able to bounce back from not going to sleep for 24 hours. And then you have to, you know, I wasn't eating the best. I wasn't already sleeping the best. I was max stressed out. Um, so that definitely like affected my physical health at that time. So, um, I agree with what you're saying with what you're saying about like making sure you're intentional about getting enough sleep, getting better sleep. Um, those things are really important, you know, to your physical health and to what you can accomplish um, during the process. Yes, for sure. So definitely make sure you get your Z's in. Um, and though it's hard, but you have to be able to at least develop that as a part of your self care routine. So number two is exercise. Um, this one is one that I did not do. <laughs> you are both of us grumbling um, as much during the doctoral process as I should have and probably still don't um, make as much time as I should for it. So just making sure that you really get regular exercise in your life in whatever way you can. So that doesn't mean that, you know, you have to spend time in the gym every single day, particularly while you're trying to also accomplish this huge task but just being able to think about how can you find ways to you know generally improve your mood by being active and I think that that's um sort of the thing that people forget about uh in the midst of it is that your goal is also to stay well and so by moving you're releasing chemicals that make you happier they improve your mood um and so it just really helps with also maintaining like we kind of talked about with sleep somewhat of a routine too because your brain and your body adjust knowing that like okay there's going to be a morning workout first that gets us going wakes us up you know and really helps us to kind of like um stabilize our moods so that you 
can really get into your day and really feel like you're accomplishing everything that you, you know, set out to do for that day, which is usually a lot of things. So um, just really making sure that you find ways to get active movement in. So that could just be making sure that instead of like driving your car from one side of campus to the other, that you walk or you, you know, take a bike ride if you want to do that. I can't do that because I don't really know how to ride a bike, but being able to... (laughs) Being able to do that is important Um, for, you know, your breaks when you're leaving the library. Like, can you walk to the library or to that food spot um, in order to just make sure you get a little sunlight, but also that you get a few steps in. So really just make sure that you like take a close look at your schedule and like look to see where you can find ways to get exercise in versus avoiding it altogether, because it actually does really help from a physical perspective in releasing those kind of happy chemicals that keeps you moving, particularly on those tough days. I know, like I... I, I had a gym membership. You did too. Mm-hmm. Um, I still got it. Right. <laughs> um, but I opted for like home workouts. So that was like my compromises. When I could squeeze it in, um, I would try to do at least like two times a week um, and do some sort of home exercise with like resistance training um, so that, you know, I didn't have to get in the car and drive and deal with all that it, it really shortened and I was just like 30 minute workouts um it shortened the time um and it allowed me to still get a workout in so I mean even if you have to adapt and compromise um I agree you know physical fitness is very important especially the older you get mm-hmm. but we're getting older <laughs> <laughs> yeah your metabolism so, slows down yes yeah yes um <laughs> it's definitely not the same from 20 to 30 Mm-mm. Um. so I, I definitely agree with that yeah and I don't think you can talk about exercise without talking about food um, <laughs> and so that's number three is eating better eat better food um, you know like making sure that you make time to eat real food so um, Dr. Bell knows that my favorite go to spot for my dinners for to the point where these people still to this day know who I am when I walk in was to go to there's a cheesecake bistro down the street from my house um or maybe like five minutes from my house um and it would always be because of time and all the things we've already talked about easier for me to like put in an order online and then on the way from like our writing session or if it was on a Sunday and I just hadn't gone to the grocery store because I had been writing all week, um, it felt easier to just stop and pick that up. Now, because of it being like, even though it was restaurant food, it probably wasn't always the healthiest. Lots of carbs, lots of cheese, um, just stuff that I really like. Um what I did appreciate is that it kept me from always buying like a lot of fast food. So um, I would find ways then if I was picking up food from this restaurant to try to make sure I mixed it every now and then with like, make sure you're just getting a very large salad that still might have when you chicken ate a salad. In. Like once or twice, you know, right. uh, <laughs> in the whole three years. I literally probably had it twice in all honesty. Um, but we try to make better choices. So when we were writing and it was the cold seasons, I would try to opt not to get like 
the pizza bread or whatever, I would get like a soup or a bisque or like a shrimp bisque or something that still made me feel like I was, you know, having something delicious, um, but also <laughs> saving myself time um, because I, I just felt like that was, for me, not a priority. Should it have been? Probably a little more so because you definitely uh-huh. need real food. Um, yeah. A lot of times when you spend a lot of time maybe in the library or in buildings on campus, you might just hit up the vending machine, which is definitely probably not good because everything in there is filled with like salt or um, you know, sugar. And so just making sure that you realize like these actually don't do anything for your brain um, at all. Like those, those ingredients do not help you whatsoever. And I think what people fear is that eating better can become really expensive. And especially as a graduate student, we sort of think like we can't afford it. Um, but really it's being able to sort of like make sure that you are planning out your food. So you don't have to be this person that's like, oh, I'm going to go vegan or be low fat or paleo or all those different things. If that works for you, great. But just focus on making sure that you're eating basic things that give you the proper nutrition, gives you the energy that you need. Um, being consistent with making sure you're eating your meals. So making sure you're having your three meals a day with two snacks and like really giving yourself fuel in order to function. Um, and so that might mean like using, just like we talked about with sleeping, that time to prep so that you don't have to feel that pressure to stop for a fast food if you've prepared your lunch the night before or really just taking those extra five minutes to pull out what you're going to like do to make that sandwich and snack um, in the morning so that it feels easier and not as much of a burden. And so just really making sure that you like find a way to like not just pile on all of the unhealthy stuff um, and really take time to learn, you know, to cook a little something, even if it's like buying a crock pot and making that type of stuff so that you can leave it and let it cook overnight or let it cook while you're at work so that when you get home, you know that food is waiting for you and you don't feel pressure to stop at McDonald's on the way. Um, so just being able to like find different ways to do that, I think is much more useful than just going straight to, you know, the most unhealthy options. Right. I was not really that good at this. Um, I, I like vegetables, so I would like to do like a kale spinach smoothie in the mornings with some chia seeds and some fruit and all that good stuff. Um, but after writing, I would go to Chicken Shack. Um, <laughs> Chicken, Shack Chicken Shack is a restaurant um, uh, in Baton Rouge. Um, it's kind of like a better I don't know, like, it's better than Popeye's and Churches, but kind of that same format. But it's, like, home-cooked, like, it's really local. good. Yeah. Um, it's very local. Um, so, like, I'll, I would go to the Chicken Shack, I'll chop because um, that's the best one. And I would get chicken. And I don't even eat chicken. Like, I don't eat fried chicken like that. Uh, but I don't know why I would just go to Chicken Shack, like, mm-hmm. multiple times a week. And their peach cobbler is bomb. <laughs> So I would get like the peach cobbler oh every night. So it would definitely offset like that smoothie that I had. Um, <laughs> but that was not good because I'm pretty sure I gained weight like a few pounds during the doctoral process um, because I was eating chicken shake. And that's mm-hmm. just not what I should have been doing. Um, and I did pay for it. Like I said, um, I wish that, you know, I would have had or someone would have had these conversations with me. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Because I'm sure my energy and my disposition would have been um, better than what it was. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Definitely. Got me. Well, mine was Cheesecake Bistro, so that was, like, my thing. And so, like, in the grand scheme of things, since I brought it up, too, like, me as, even though we were working full-time, so I had a job, so I felt felt entitled in getting my Cheesecake Bistro because I worked full-time. But as a grad student, maybe if you're just doing school, you cannot go to Cheesecake Bistro Uh every day. You can't even maybe go once a week because it can be expensive. Um, and so just being smart about that too. And so while I didn't go every day, I definitely went way more often than I cooked. And, um, I would even sometimes buy all the food and the things that I needed, but just would be so exhausted, um, that when I would get home, I didn't want to cook. And so sometimes that causes you not to eat at all. And then you wake up starving. And so your first stop on your drive into work or to campus to go right is to Burger King or McDonald's for breakfast. And so, you know, it's just um, finding better options is important as you think about it. And, and again, it doesn't have to be expensive. It's just being smart about it so that you don't have that temptation to just lean on the fact that you're not, you're never going to feel like there's enough time. So then you're always going to have that excuse. Being able to lessen that excuse is important. Um, so then number four is asking for help which is usually pretty difficult for anybody pursuing a PhD because we are overachievers Um, and we are very independent folks for the most part. And so one of the major ways in which burnout happens is that individual is trying so desperately to just cope with like a really overbooked schedule and having so many things on their plate. And so, you know, they end up reaching just sort of like hitting a wall Um, so really making sure that you're taking time to like step back and see if there's things that you can ask people around you to help with. So for instance, if you happen to, you know, be married or even have a roommate and you know, on certain writing days, you're going to be home late. Maybe you guys can agree that like, they're going to cook on that day or that there's going to be a plan in place. Um, you know, to make it easier as you try to get more into like the more intensive parts of your, your degree program. So just figuring out ways to like lighten your workload and make you, um, be intentional about recovering from the things that wear you out emotionally, physically, um, really making sure that you let those folks in your life know how they can take a little bit of the burden off of you to really help with some of those tasks. And so, I think a lot of times people only assume that asking for help happens in your personal life. So again, as a graduate student, you have to also recognize like when you have academic obligations that you obviously want to do well at, but that maybe you cannot meet within that window of time that somebody's um, asking you to do it in. And this might mean having to go talk with your chair to determine like, you know, what's working and what's not working. And sometimes, you know, they're going to understand and sometimes they may not get it, but you have to learn how to self-advocate to say like, there's no way that what I'm going to turn into is going to be of any good quality um, in that time frame, And so this is what I'm proposing instead. And so sometimes you just like might need a reminder of like how to stay on track and like being able to make sure that you give yourself enough time to get through a project or get through a, a certain portion of um, your dissertation or your proposal in order to do better. The, the, what's most important is just making sure that you don't feel fearful about asking for what you need, both personally, professionally, and academically. You think that would have worked for my chair? You think I would have talked? Probably not. Probably not. 
<laughs> for for Dr. Bell's chair that probably wouldn't have worked. Um, probably not for mine either when I think about it. Um, probably not. However, that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yes. And so, because you never know, they may surprise you. Um, we both had chairs that were pretty tough, but definitely they knew we went to them with goals in mind and they committed themselves to making sure that we finished when we wanted to finish and that meant telling us no sometimes or that meant giving us deadlines that seemed impossible because they knew somewhere deep down we were going to get it done so they knew we were going to do it yeah and then number five and this is like become particularly now that I'm in my 30s my favorite thing to do uh, is (laughs) learning to say no um, I think a lot of times, probably going back to what I mentioned earlier, most folks who pursue higher levels of academia are like, um, perfectionists in some ways, or, you know, a little bit well-structured, very independent. And so a lot of times we take on and accept a lot of things that you really don't want to do or things that you don't really have time to do. And that's because we're tempted to like continuously add lines to our CV and, you know, kind of be working on multiple things at one time, have a lot of irons in the fire and it's tempting, but sometimes there are just things that are unnecessary. There are events that you will not be able to go to. And I think we've talked about that on the show before, like you having to understand that when you enter this doctoral process, there are going to be family gatherings and events that you might not make it to, or your friend's going to, you know, get married or have a baby shower and you might miss it, which sucks. Um, But it also is, it's temporary. And so it's just being able to understand how to kind of protect your time um, and kind of cut out whatever is not helping you achieve those goals, um, but being intentional about it. So that's not saying you have to miss all these family functions, but then that means during the week, you're going to have to say no to something else so that you can make it to the function. Um, just learning how to say no to activities and people that are not contributing to you. And it sounds kind of ruthless, but it actually is probably the best way to navigate it. Um, and people who know you and know what you're trying to accomplish will definitely understand. And kind of once you have maybe a routine or some new habits built in, then you can maybe start adding in some of your other activities or saying yes a little bit more. But just wait until you've really sort of figured that out, especially if you're just starting the doctoral process or if you're just starting maybe portion major portions so getting ready for comps or getting ready for a proposal or dissertation defense you may have to like shift some things around and during that time be a little ruthless about about your time so that you don't end up right back where you started which is feeling burned out overwhelmed feeling like a bad person feeling guilty for something that you set out to do and that everybody around you is going to be very proud of but doesn't always understand the process of, of what it takes to get there yeah, absolutely. You know, my mom always says, I think I said this on the last episode, but you do what you have to do so that you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, especially, you know, when we got to the writing portion, it was, okay, we have so many months to complete this. This We have to finish this by, you know, the semester deadline. So um, there were things that we both had to cut out. Um, and it was temporary. Like we both knew it was temporary, but mm-hmm. like, it sucks. Like, that doesn't mean that it doesn't suck right. or take away from or, or the disappointment that you may feel because you can't do what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is temporary. And you really just have to like see the light at the tunnel and like keep your eyes um, 
on the prize and like it went in like it went in stages so like during coursework i mean you know you could finagle around it and you know oh well i know this paper is due at this time so i mean it's only like 20 pages or whatever i can work on this but you know when you start actually writing mm-hmm. deadlines um it's more difficult to have a social life yeah um but it's only temporary yeah so you gotta do what you gotta do and i mean as tough as it is all of those things all all five of those tips are really useful um and again maybe things that we didn't always follow because we just didn't know Uh any better Uh um but we we learned almost like trial by fire that those things were all important um we maybe had to learn the harder way and so we hope that if you're listening to this that you recognize you don't have to do that. You can start this thing now um, and really save yourself some stress and agony um, as you develop your own routines and figure out how to just be happier in this process um, so that you take care of yourself better. And to like be able to enjoy it. Like Mm -hmm. I enjoy my process, but I feel like I could have enjoyed it more. I was so focused on how it's done, how it's done. Um, And you know, we, we have our own procrastination issues sometimes. Uh, we are not perfect, uh, especially <laughs> me. But um, if you plan ahead um, and you set realistic expectations mm-hmm. and, like, you know what's coming, which, again, is why, you know, we wanted to create this platform is to demystify. Mm-hmm. You can kind of think through these things and say, okay, well, I know, you know, everybody's you know experience isn't the same. Yeah. But there are certain, like, common denominators or common factors that you could probably bank on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is coming up, like being able to mentally um, plan as to how you're going to respond to that um, is always helpful and will, you know, help you de-stress and lower stress and um, plan better for self-care. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let's, we've talked a lot, which has been really good. So some of these we've already covered question wise, but um, Dr. Bell, I know you've shared on the show before, cause we've talked, we've kind of inserted self-care into a lot of our episodes, but what are some of your, whether now or what you can remember from back, um, during our process, like what were some of your go-to self-care practices and how did you hold yourself accountable to get um, them done? I always, like I said before, I've, um, always like set a date. Even writing is, I'm not doing nothing at this time. Mm-hmm. I need to like mentally, and that that's means watching reality shows or trash TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to do because I need to escape, and I don't need to think about you know writing and articles and all those things. So definitely like planning self care. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like I said I want to make sure I, I was able to go to Bible study because mm-hmm. like I need that. Um. I needed that every week and going to church on Sundays, um, listening to podcasts, reading, if I can find like 20 minutes to read something Mm non-academic, um, related like that, that definitely helped me to center. Um, I like reading and like not being able to, I remember I used to complain, like I complain, you always complain. Um, I can't wait to read something that I don't have to write about. Just some, some fiction. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I just want to read something else. Um, so taking the time out to like read 15 minutes of a book or something like that really helped out. Um, just those little like 
increments, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes here of time for yourself. And then even like when we were writing, like, okay, we're going to write for this time. And then like, I'm going to take a break and talk about something that has nothing to do with what we're writing about. So like us being able to do that, I think Mm -hmm. was also helpful. Yeah, definitely. All of those things were also on my list and it's probably because we were together all the time. Um, So those were all the same for me. And then I think the only other thing that, and I still actually do this now as a way for me to check out. um, I feel like if I had not become a therapist and an educator that I would have instead been an interior designer and oh, I love, yeah, I would be on Pinterest <laughs> and then I would go if I wanted to get out of the house after writing. So I would get up on Saturdays, go to the library for 8 a.m. when they open, write until like noon. And then after that, I would like take the rest of the day off. Like, so Saturday was my like day. So I would go to like Home Goods, TJ Maxx, Ross and walk through and like pick up vases sometimes even put them in a basket like I was gonna buy them and then and then then, you know sometimes I I might I usually would buy something I, I probably wouldn't buy all the things that were in my basket but it was just a way for me to like turn my brain off and think about something creative because that's what I I like in addition to you know being an academic and so it was cool because it made me start thinking about things that I was going to do after that process was done. I was like, oh, I can't wait to turn, you know, the room that was supposed to be the room I was writing in, like, which was an office. I was like, oh, I can't wait to turn that into a closet. And so now I have actually turned it into a closet. And so just being able to like dream a little bit and be creative and think about life outside of sitting in front of a laptop um, is important. So that's what we're trying to get at. So whether that's, you know, spirituality, going to Bible study, being a, a support group of some kind, getting therapy, even if you need to, um, really just finding ways to check out from the experience so that you can get back to it. You can't spend 24 hours a day, um, in that mode because you will get burned out. Um, what about the things even back then, you kind of talked about this a little bit, um, but also now that you've learned to say no to. You know, the hardest um, thing that I've had to learn how to say no to is my family. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's hard. That sounds rude, but it's not because, like, I do anything, like, for my family, especially, like, my mom, my mom can ask me anything. Like, mm-hmm. I would do anything for her, like. Mm-hmm. just without even questioning. And I know you feel the same way about your mom mm-hmm. um, and my dad. Like, my dad is very, um, he will volunteer you or volunteer you to do something <laughs> without, like, he does not, like, without flinching, without blinking. Um, and I used to, you know, be a career counselor, so he's always sending me, like, people's resumes and things like that. And, like, I just, you know, I do it because my parents have done so much for me and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am or I, I'm, I wouldn't be where I am without them. But I, they were pretty, because my parents both have been through the doctoral process, they weren't, um, you know, they didn't have any demands that they placed on me. They really let me chill mm-hmm. and they understood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I still had to say no to like family functions things like that or you know my sister wanted to do this or that or you know my family went to you know my older sister lives out of town so going to visit her for Christmas I can't go I gotta write you know Mm -hmm. so um just things like that um 
had to learn how to say no to family um and no like to my line sisters who mm-hmm. you know we when we were all living in the same place we used to always do stuff together so like you know no I can't come chill or no I can't go this place or you know I can't go to this event like I can't do it um this is probably the hardest people that I had to say no to and they just they just had to understand it and I had to learn it because I mean like I said it's temporary number one mm-hmm. number two even now like I'll tell my mom no I feel bad telling her no but if I really can't do it mm-hmm. I'm not telling her no just to tell her no but if I really can't do it and she's like okay I'm like oh that was easier than I thought <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if I can't do it over if I'm burned out of yeah. I mean it's not I'm not gonna be um I won't put forth, you know, 100% effort anyway. Right. If I'm burned out anyway. So it makes no sense to even do it. But I mean, what I really, really can't do, if I'm honest with myself, I, I won't do it. Yeah. Well, and I think that was more of the realistic experience for me was me being able to almost accept uh, within myself that I couldn't right. do everything. And right. so me saying no wasn't about the people or the person I was saying no to, but like, I just don't have the capacity and admitting that again, as somebody who's like high achieving and, you know, very intentional about every move that they make, it's hard to do. Um, And it feels in the beginning, you feel very guilty or you feel bad about it. And then at a certain Uh point I'm like, but if I push myself to go to this thing or to do this or whatever, I'm not going to be of any use to anybody anyway. So, or I'm going to have an attitude. Or, right. Uh-huh. So you're not going to get the best version of me anyway. So why would I put you and myself through that um, and potentially ruin our relationship when right. I can just say no and because you're my friend or you're my mom or you're whoever, you're gonna un- you'll understand. Um, and I think that was more of like, my process of learning to say no was really me accepting that like you're not superhuman and you need to be able to say no in order to make room for all those tips that we just gave you all those things like still have to happen in order for that task to get done and the ultimate task is to be finished so yeah absolutely so, Dr. Bell, any final tips? I know we've given a lot, but anything else with anybody for, like, those that might be struggling with making time for self-care or relaxation? Any last words? You can do it voluntarily or you can do it involuntarily. <laughs> That's that. So, I'm going to recommend that you do it voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Um I've talked to, I'm not too many people who have gone through the electoral process and have suffered from health issues mm-hmm. and mental health. We're going to talk about that in the upcoming year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, going through the process, because it, like, it's crazy, but it really, it, it really will tear you down yeah. um, if you let it. Um, so voluntarily is always, I think, the best route. Um you don't want to be in the hospital dehydrated or not drinking enough water, Dr. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> so you want to make sure that, or coming out of it, like, you know, you've accomplished this great thing. Your paperwork has been signed. You're, you know, officially a doctor. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get sick because yeah, you didn't you can't take even care of yourself. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that happened to both of us. So, yep, it, um, it did. It absolutely it did. did. So it's just not worth it. So like I said, I wish that um, I would have known these things. Or someone would have told me these things, um, which are important. And my friends, even like when we, you know, interviewing them for certain things, they say the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. this is what I had to go through. I wish I would have known, take better care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just, it has to happen. Like, like I said, I think we just live in this rush, rush, rush society where like, I got to get this done. I got to accomplish this by 30. I got to do this. I got to do this. And mm-hmm. it's just, we don't give out. We're not kind to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're not patient with ourselves. And sometimes we can compare our journeys to others. Um, and, and it, it, we feel pressured to have to do this and do that. And we don't take time to take care of ourselves. Um, so definitely my advice would be to voluntarily um, make time for relaxation and self-care for sure. Yeah. I don't think I could say it any better or anything else. In addition to that, I think that's the key. If you um, really want to do this process right and get done and be well um, and be able to enjoy it when it's all over, then you have to be intentional about taking care of you. Um, you're with yourself 24 seven, nobody else is there. And so you need to be able to have yourself when this is all said and done um, in all forms, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things. And so just being intentional um, about taking good care of yourself is I think a critical key that, again, I wish we would have had. Um, and I think we did have, we just didn't always follow it. <laughs> um, right. we knew better. We're therapists. We knew, um, we just didn't yeah, always do it. Went out the window, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And everybody, I'm thinking about it now. And like every woman that I know personally that has gone through this process, like they've been affected in some sort of way by the strenuousness of the process and, mm-hmm knowing that, you know, better care could have been taken. Like, I'm really trying to think of anybody who just was like, oh, you know, I know some guys who were like, oh, you know, fine. But as women, I think, as women of color especially, um, we put so much on our shoulders in general. Mm-hmm. And then to go through this process and, and add that, um, it's really hard. Um, so I really can't think of anybody who came out unscathed. Can you? Because I can't. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I, I can't. can't think I, of. I really can't. Yeah. Um, so that's a testament to the fact that we do have to be diligent and intentional about making sure we take care of ourselves. We take care of everybody else. Um, and we have to take care of ourselves as women of color mm-hmm. going through the doctoral process mm-hmm. and just in general. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we hope that those will be useful, particularly as um, by the time you all hear this, this will be pretty close to the end of the semester for you and um, the perfect time to be able to say, if you're not doing some of these things, like how can you start? Um, And the good part about a new year is that that comes with a fresh start. So just thinking about what that can look like for you um, so that you can have the best possible and healthiest experience um, in the doctoral process. And so that when it's over, you can go on with life being just as happy and just as healthy. So hopefully these are useful. 
Um, and we will stop right there and take a quick break. And then we'll be back with our last signature segments for the year. Oh, wow. But we'll be right back. with the second half of the show, which are our signature segments, the last ones for 2018. So we're excited. Um, But like we've said the whole time on the show, it's bittersweet, but exciting. Um, And so we took kind of a unique spin um, on Culture Corner this week because we wanted to make sure that, one, we paid a little bit of homage to those of you who've been on this journey with us since the beginning, but also to engage those of you who maybe are just becoming a part of this process and yet have still found um, a way to be significant in the success of what Ebony's and the Ivory has been. So Culture Corner this week is going to be the kind of a year in review um, for 2018 with Ebony's and the Ivory. And so we want to talk about both uh, what you guys... Um, showed us through listening were our top five episodes um then what cities around the world um are top five so don't get jealous if you're not on the list then that means you gotta listen more and you have to tell other people to listen more um and then just want to close out with sharing some of what we have in store which we've kind of previewed a little bit but um we'll get let you guys know what's coming in 2019 so first up is our top five episodes. And so I guess I'll do them from number five to number one. And when I was looking at this list, some of these were some of my favorites too for us to record. Cause, uh-huh. um, as y'all know, we laugh a lot on the show uh-huh. anyway, but some of these I was, I think about even some of the just jokes that have come up. Um, uh-huh. and so as I was making the list, uh, I thought it was interesting. So the list, so let me give this disclaimer. The list is from, um, our SoundCloud-based listeners. However, if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, um, through our RSS link that's on there, then you should be counted in SoundCloud. So to my iPhone, iPad, Apple Podcast listeners, you're included in this. Um, so don't get jealous of the SoundCloud <laughs> listeners um, because the link that you use to listen to us through iTunes is through is also through SoundCloud. So you're you're counted in this. But like I said, if your city did not make the list, then you need to figure out what's going on with your people and what they're listening to instead. Get your weight up. Yeah. Get your weight up. So in 2019, <laughs> we're gonna see who's coming for something better who's gonna who's gonna be the top city so we'll see exactly um what that will look like so first up number five on our top five episodes was episode seven which was honey we shrunk ourselves women of color and the imposter syndrome i did enjoy this episode um i think because there was a lot of exposure for the first time to people of what imposter syndrome even was. Right. Um, right. That was some of the comments that we got and the feedback that we got from people just being able to be 
um, introduced to that term. So that was for me a good episode. And, and we, I know we both share really personal things about our experiences, um, of feeling that. Yeah. Um, episode eight came in at number four. Um, that was hair story, women of color, um, in the workplace. So we knew this was going to be a popular episode because we knew what our own experiences were like, um, for, you know, ourselves in the workplace and what that could potentially mean for those of you who are both, you know, in academia or just in the world of higher ed in general, um, whether that's as a student, staff, faculty. And so, um, that was a great conversation. Also, um, episode three or episode nine at spot number three, um, was when success tastes stressful. So that actually wasn't that long ago. That was a good, um, episode as well that walked us through, you know, how do you face challenges and not let them defeat you? Um, a lot of times we assume from the outside looking in that success in itself is going to be, you know, a straightforward path. Um, but there are a lot of challenges and sometimes we let those hurdles get in the way of who we really are and, and what's necessary to really be successful. Um, episode five came in at number two, that was persistent, hungry, determined. That also was another popular episode, um, for sure that I remember people, you know, both in their the comments on our social media or people who reposted the story because they listened to it. Um, and often just being able to understand that, like, it's more than just having those letters behind your name or in front of your name. Um, it's about almost your character. And that's what I remember. What was produced Mm -hmm. also, like what was produced in, in pursuit Mm -hmm. of those letters. Yeah. And that's what I loved us being transparent about, what that really means because there are so many people who might have those letters but who they've developed into or who they've never changed from um maybe isn't somebody you want to even have as a part of your network or circle and so it's a it's a it's a little deeper than just having you know the ink dried on that um degree it it goes much further and so that was a, a cool um conversation as well and then number one, yes. which it made me laugh a little bit because I was like, the Ebony's want to know about the coins. Okay. The coin. So, so level up was the number one. So that was episode six. So that was level up surviving the job hunt and salary negotiations. Um, I think people just love this because we, we want to know how to get our worth and, um, you know, and just being, uh, validated about the value that we bring to the table, particularly when we come with these degrees that are secured. And so, um, just knowing how to do that, um, and maybe pull the veil back a little bit through our experiences that we shared and just through some of the tips that we share from the article, um, I hope has helped people to feel more confident going into those conversations about salary, about the job hunting process in itself and what you can expect. So um, I kind of wasn't surprised that that was like one of the top ones because yeah. um, we care about our coins too. <laughs> and I think it's important also because I think um, that also um, 
something that needs to be demystified is how do you go about as a woman of color um, talking about money, mm-hmm. um, going to someone who you feel comfortable with talking about, you know, applying for jobs and not feeling as if you're competing with someone or mm-hmm. getting competing information, but like what actually um, can be expected from the job search and the job hunt. I think that's very important. So again, with you, I'm not surprised that that was the number one episode. Yeah. So, so those are our top five. Um, we didn't do all 12, but those were the ones that you all listened to the most um, this year. Um, so now this is like moment of truth. I know this is what people really want to know. Like which cities are showing Ebony's in the Ivory the most love. Um, so like I said, if you're not on this list. You know, get your weight up. You got to listen more. You got to share the podcast with people you know in your area. Um, So number five is actually where Dr. Bell is now. Houston, Texas. On the map. H-Town. Best thing came out of H-Town is Beyonce. Oh, here you go. That is true. But here you go. So if nothing else. Be like Beyonce and keep being a uh, fabulous Houston. Uh, so we appreciate you guys for listening so, so much and showing us so, so much love. Um, it's amazing to look at the numbers and, and see how many folks there tune in. Um, I want to do a meet and greet in Houston. That's awesome. Yeah, like, we should do that. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's for 2019. We definitely... We got, we got to do some meetups, so I think that would yeah. be cool. Um, number four, and so, of course, when I started making this list, I was like, okay, now, Texas, now, I'm tired of y'all. Come on. So, Big Texas. Texas, Dallas, Texas at number four. Um, so, you guys also are tuning in just as much, so I appreciate you. I will never get tired of you. I didn't really mean that. I just meant that Texas always comes in and takes over, so I definitely didn't. Yeah expect anything else um so dallas at number four thank you guys so so much for tuning in um every other week to um the podcast and showing us so much love um number three is where i am now in baton rouge louisiana so you guys are doing your thing and i appreciate it y'all showing us love we beat out dallas and houston so Keep it up. I love you, Baton Rouge, forever. That's my home. That's Dr. Bell's home. So um, make sure, if nothing else, for her that you keep it up. Um, (laughs) Make make her proud. Um, And at number two uh, is Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. So the reason why I was super excited about Atlanta being on this list in the first place, but then that it's number two is the fact that we launched um, Ebony's in the uh-huh. Ivory in Atlanta. And so uh-huh. the fact that you all from the beginning, obviously, are tuned in, engaged, listening, sharing, um, is just amazing. And so yeah. we thank you so much um, for being able to be both kind of the birthplace as far as where uh-huh. we we finally were brave enough to let people know what we were doing <laughs> and uh-huh. um and then embracing it with so much love and then obviously you're doing your thing by sharing it with others so yes 
We thank, thank you, you so much. ATL. Shawty. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then number one. Now this blew my this mind. This crazy to me. Like, like this is crazy. This is crazy. Um it's just crazy. I don't have nothing else to say about it. Like, yeah, I don't know either. So we need to go there, though. I, I mean, we have to now. We like, need to go. We have to do a meet and greet. We, like, uh, when I saw this, I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I oh, thought I like right. did it wrong. Like, I really had to go back and double check to make sure I did it right. Um, and calculating our listen. So, our number one city. And our top five list. I know we gotta we gotta invest in that for 2019. Uh, We need some sound effects. Um, Is Amsterdam, Netherlands? So crazy. (laughs) This is not even in the U.S. So Amsterdam, we obviously love you. I mean, obviously, we have. I've never even been to Amsterdam, so (laughs) so so we clearly need to go. Um, but that's amazing to know that there are obviously some Ebony's over there that our experiences are somehow helping, um, or at least opening, you know, doors to think differently about even pursuing the doctoral process. And the fact that you guys listen enough to, um, be number one when our like hometowns and places we live and where we have lots of friends, um, paled in comparison is amazing. So we are obviously so excited and so grateful um, and hope that you keep listening. Um, and, you know, if you're up for friendly competition, I'm sure you'll always win if you keep, <laughs> keep at it. Um, because now the other cities are going to try to come for you. But we hope that uh, you will keep listening because we definitely would have never in um, a million years, especially in this first year, would I have thought that our reach would be that broad. And so that's, right. that's amazing. So we yeah. just thank you guys and we love you guys so much. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And can I also say like, thank you to our allies as well. Like even mm-hmm. people who don't necessarily um, fit yeah. quote unquote the demographic of being an ebony yeah. or a woman of color. Yeah. Um, but I know we have men listening. Yeah. Um, my husband listens and just different people, people in higher ed, people in academia listen, mm-hmm. um, who are allies. So really we really appreciate um you guys tuning in and, and gleaning what you can from the conversations um yes. that we have. Yes. Shout out to Mr. Bell for listening in. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, but that's so true. We do have so many allies who are not necessarily um, defined or described by what Ebony's in the Ivory represents, um, but who tune in every week. So um, I know one of my close friends, Dr. Christine Baker, um, always tunes in as well. Um, and she is somebody, even though she doesn't identify as a woman of color, I would not have survived the doctoral process with, uh, without either. Um, right. so I appreciate her for just still riding with me in this way, um, by mm-hmm. listening every week. She even notices when like, she feels like the episode doesn't come up at the time when it's supposed to, she'll text and be like, what's going on? It's Tuesday. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> shout out to Christine. Shout out to Christine. I love you so much because uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, girl, you just don't know what type of Tuesday right. this is today. It's a lot going on. <laughs> But I appreciate you because you keep us accountable and I know you're listening because you don't see that notification on your phone pop up saying that there's a new episode. So um, (laughs) I definitely love you for that and love all of our allies. So thank you guys as well. Um, And then last piece of our culture corner, we kind of like, I guess, hinted at some of the things we definitely want to do for sure. We've we've talked a little bit. I think we talked about this during... um, mentorship month and we we did a blog about it and all kinds of things but um the EITI mentorship program is on its way so we know that this is like what people have been asking for we want to do our best to connect you with people where you are if we can but also where you can connect with people who maybe have similar interests not just research based but even just personally um and make a good match and really be able to not feel like you have to walk this journey alone so the reason why you know, we have the blog and the podcast is because, you know, Dr. Bell's in Houston, Texas. I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We can't be everywhere that y'all are, but we can be through these means. And so our mentorship program hopefully can be an extension of that. So even if you're not in the same city or town as your mentor, that you all will be very intentional about connecting. And so um, you'll be getting more information um, about how to sign up to be either mentored or to be a mentor um uh-huh. very very soon so make sure you sign up for our newsletter subscribe to our newsletter you can do that on our website www.ebenysintheivory yeah do it today yeah um, dot com. <laughs> today, today. Um, yeah, subscribe to our newsletter yes so and then obviously just like we were talking about we would love to be able to start doing some meetups and things like that but we definitely want to do it once folks have mentors and mentees to meet up with um and then obviously right. for us if we're in the area where you are for you guys to get to meet us in person and and, and chat. So um, more to come in 2019. We're so excited. Like I'm literally like feel like a kid in the candy store. I cannot wait. Um, Cause like we said, we, we, we just wanted to do something that we felt like we could give others things that we didn't have. And it's just turned into so much more than that. And so we appreciate all of you for listening um our top cities we see y'all we thank you guys for those that didn't make the top and i know people now are gonna be like well who was number six and seven (laughs) 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 um and maybe we'll share those while we're like on our break um from the show during (laughs) during our time (laughs) off because i know i already know that's coming so (laughs) so um i do remember some other cities but i don't want to get into naming them because I'm, uh-uh. I'm just not because then somebody's gonna be mad that they didn't get shouted out so um we'll leave it at that and then we'll find a way to make sure that the rest of you all who listen get to know that we we see you and we love you obviously no matter where you are in the world we appreciate it um so last up and i'm actually probably very excited about this last Ebony's uh-huh. in the spotlight for yeah. two different reasons um one because the person who nominated and submitted this person we know is a huge ebony's in the ivory um supporter um she listens all the time she reposts on her uh personal and professional instagram um she's a true ebony and we love her she was a part of that atlanta crew um Uh that was the first to kind of be exposed to what we were um starting and has yeah. been on board since day one 
And so I'm super, super excited to get to share this person because she's special to her. Um, and I, I think that this is like probably one of the sweetest things in the world. Yeah, so, um, our Ebony's in the spotlight for, for this week, our last one of 2018, which I just think is so fitting. Um, is Miss Gina Wilson, Mrs. Gina Wilson. She's um, actually the mother of our beloved Ebony, Miss Ashley Raybess, who we've shouted out on the show before um, and also kind of was part of when we were using our hashtag make it happen at the start. Um, it was a part of that movement. And so we obviously love Ashley a lot. And so super exciting that her mother, um, Gina, is finishing up her master's degree in English education at the Florida State oh. University. I'm not even going to talk trash because um, <laughs> it's Ashley's mom. So, right. You know, this is Miss Gina's moment. Don't oh, be a I'm hater. Gonna, I won't. That, I'm not saying anything. Like, this is, this supersedes, um, you know, my, 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 not disdain per se, but uh, just the trash I talked to Dr. Pool about her school. Um, but I won't do it today because this this is a great moment. Right. So, so Miss Gina is finishing up her master's in English education. She's going to graduate this December um, as a double alum of FSU. Smart lady. Um, aside from being a proud mother of six amazing children and being an English teacher, um, a high school English teacher, she's also studying for comps right now, currently. So you know, just knowing that she is doing a lot. So just like we were talking today about being able to make room to do things you want to do, obviously, um, Miss Gina is doing that. And so the fact that she is killing it in that way means that those of you who do not have six children, you might not even have one child. You need to get, you need to be able to pull it together, organize yourself, um, take good care of yourself and then be able to be present. So she's yeah. doing all those things that we mentioned today and our tips of how to maintain that balance. Um, and obviously just rocking the socks off of it as a mom, yeah. as a teacher, and then as a graduate student as well. And so, um, we appreciate Ashley for sharing her story with us because she has dreams of pursuing a PhD, um, when she's, once she's done with her master's. Um, and of course has our full support. So we cannot wait, um, to be able to have you as a part of the Ebony's and Ivory community as a doctoral student. You're already a part of the, the family now as a master's student, but we can't wait for you to get to that point and just know that we are here to support you. We celebrate you. We honor you. Um, and we're just so excited for what's next for you. Um, and proud of you, um, for, yeah. for doing what you're doing because that's amazing. Yeah, I'm uber impressed because um, it's nothing like working in a school and having to go to school mm-hmm. after you've worked in a school from 7 to 3 or 8 to 4 or whatever. So um, that takes a special person to be able to do that mm-hmm. um, and then be a mother of six on top of that. I don't even know. Like, you have the juice, Miss Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> teach, teach me your way. Um, but, but this is this is super impressive, and um, I, I'm honored to even be able to congratulate her um, for achieving that. So yeah, definitely, that's awesome. Definitely. So, um, welcome to the Ebony's and the Ivory community, and we cannot wait to see your graduation picture. 
Um, yes. That's exciting. So make sure that Ashley shares it with us <laughs> so that <laughs> yeah, so that we can post it um, on EITI Tuesdays. We can't wait. So Definitely. congratulations again. Um, and we're so, so, so proud of you. Yes. So this feels very sad, but it's, I mean, it's exciting, but this is the end of season one. Yeah, it is. Wow. We made it's it. Goodbye. It's, it's definitely not goodbye. It's see you soon. It's go take care of yourselves. It's go yes. enjoy time with family. Um, regroup for the new year. Definitely find ways to recharge. Um, that's what we're going to be doing. So just uh-huh. making sure that you use this time for you. Um, so, you know, obviously we thank you guys for tuning in um, all year long with us yes. and for engaging with us. We don't take it for granted. Um, we understand the power that this platform has and for so many of you all to be so dedicated um, it's amazing it warms my little heart so <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, we obviously like you know want you all to be able to be well during this time go back and go reread some of those old blog posts and go listen to some of the old episodes if you hadn't listened to some of those ones that were on the top five go check them out so that you can Maybe see what you've missed um, and and help us to know kind of what we need to talk about next. And so yes, even that's though... that's what I was just going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Um, if you, you know, have gone through our content and we missed something or it's something that you wish we would have talk, talked about or something you would like more information on, please feel free to email us. It comes directly to both of our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be able to see if there's any topics or any questions that you guys have. Um, we definitely want to make sure that we get y'all more involved and even possibly do some guest episodes, yes. have some guests on our episodes. We'll be exploring that option. Mm-hmm. Um, since we were able to lay the foundation, um, for these last 12 episodes, we do want to invite some guests to the show. Yep. Um, so if you have any um, ideas or suggestions, um, go ahead and write those down. Email us um, or any content that you'd like to see um, brought forth. Yes. So head to the website, www.ebonysintheivory.com. Um, click on the tab that says contact and you can submit anything there so whether it's a question or just a comment you just want us to know what you think about the platform um you know or anything you want to connect please just let us know um and submit that through there or or email us directly like dr bell says we we have we get everything to our phone so um we always we have it with us all the time um so obviously, and I know we've said it probably five times already on the show, but thank you guys <laughs> for telling us. Thank you guys. We really appreciate it. We totally really do. appreciate it. So we're still going to obviously through social media, you know, do some posts for EITI Tuesdays until, you know, we're back. So uh-huh. any or anytime, like a lot of times you guys probably notice sometimes we'll post on whatever day we feel like it because uh-huh. something is just out there and we need y'all to know it right now. So we'll uh-huh. just do it. So make sure that you are still following us, still have liked us on Facebook, um, subscribe to the podcast, um, and just being able to make sure that if there are accomplishments, particularly those of you who will be December grads, or maybe you're going to wrap up um, a certain stage in your process and you want us to know about it, that's the perfect time during this break to go ahead and submit those accomplishments for the Ebony's in the Spotlight so that when we come back in the new year, we can shout you out and help get you motivated and know that you have the whole Ebony's in the Ivory community 
um, backing you up. Um, so make sure that you don't forget to send us those um, during the break so that we can make sure that we're there to support you and pick up that support right where we left off. Absolutely. So this is our time to sign off. We wish you guys a happy holiday season. Get some self um everything, Christmas, everything that you celebrate. Um, and we cannot wait um to get back to you guys in January twenty nineteen. Bye guys. Bye.